This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, September 18, 2016. The Gospel is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Gospel lesson, we have another one of those difficult parables that Luke has managed to pull out of his um, book ever since I got back from vacation, I've noticed. I have one of these after another. In this one, Jesus says, make friends for yourself by means of dishonest wealth. Seems like a rather odd thing to say, don't you think? I mean, why in the world would he say that? And he says that the manager praised the servant because he had acted shrewdly. So what is it that Jesus is really getting at here? I mean, how, how can we fit that into us? I mean, we should all go out and bribe people and be, live corrupt lives because we'll all get ahead. Doesn't really sound like Jesus, does it? Sometimes I think people forget that Jesus uses a lot of techniques to communicate with people. And in this case, the one is irony. Because you have to pay attention to the second half of that sentence where he tells you to go out and make friends by dishonest wealth. He says that they may gather you into their eternal homes. Now, do you think they have any eternal homes if they're that crooked? Probably not. And so it, it's a fact that we have to uh, begin to look at how it is that we view wealth. Because he tells us clearly that we cannot serve both God and wealth at the same time. I mean, you, you'll serve one and not the other. You'll disappoint one. And so he's telling it not only to the people who are there, but also to us today. Um, because it becomes even easier than it was for his disciples for us to be enslaved by wealth. Um, because along with wealth comes bills. Imagine this, if you will. You've died, and you go to a room that's sort of the waiting room um, for judgment. And you get there, and at one end is St. Peter, and at the other end is Satan. And St. Peter says, well, we want to welcome you into heaven. It would be great to have you here, but you have to give up everything that you own. You have to give up all of your pride, all of your own ideas, you know, all of that stuff, and you have to be willing to serve God continually. And you have to be willing to go to church every day, because that's what we do in heaven. We go to church every day. People are going, wow, give up everything? Go to church every day? Are you kidding? And that seems like a lot to do. I mean, isn't that sort of overkill? On the other hand, you got Satan at the other end, who says, I tell you what, if you want to come with me, I've got a much better deal for you. If you come with me, all the money that you have made, I will quadruple it and re make it reappear for you. You'll have it all. You'll have more than what you could ever imagine. And if you come with me, there are shopping malls. You can go shopping to your heart's content. We have the best shopping malls you've ever seen. And, and if shopping malls aren't your thing, we have golf courses. You know, and it's wonderful. They're the most lush green golf courses that you could ever find. You know, it, it's, and you can use them whenever you choose to. They'll never be too crowded. It's guaranteed for you. And whatever your favorite thing is, you know, I, I can guarantee you will have it in heaven. I mean, have it in, in, with me in my heaven. So, hmm? Sure, why not? We'll, we'll get you a golf pro to help you. <laughs> so Satan promises this. Where do you think people, which one do you think people are going to pick? You know, far too many people are going to say, 
Gee, hell doesn't sound that bad. Maybe I could go with him. But there's a problem with that. And that's what is oftentimes we forget that Satan is a liar. But he mixes his lies with truth to confuse us. And so, yes, when you go to hell with, with Satan, he will quadruple all the money you ever made and give it to you and you'll have it all. The only problem is they don't use that currency. And they have the best shopping malls that you've ever seen. But now you don't have any money to buy anything. And they have the most lush golf courses you've ever seen, but you can't pay the green fees. And so you sit there wishing that you had things that you didn't have for eternity. Not entirely a lot, unlike what we do in this life, is it? Wishing for things that we don't have. You know, always trying to, to come up better. And part of the problem is that we've come to believe that we truly have to take care of ourselves. You know, I can still remember hearing, I suspect you all can too, you can't depend on other people to take care of you. You have to depend on yourself. We were all taught that, weren't we? But think about that for a minute. Can you really depend on yourself? Can you make there be air tomorrow to breathe? No? Can, when you die, can you raise yourself from the dead? Well, you're not very dependable, are you? So, who is it that we really need to be dependent upon? God. And yet all too often, when it comes to wealth, God comes second. I always got tickled. I had a friend, half a friend, who's a, a Roman Catholic. And um, he, he's, I don't know if this is true or not. So if you're a Roman Catholic, don't get mad at me. But this is what he told me. He said, Catholics believe that you should always, when you go to church, you should always give God at least as much as you pay for a movie ticket. Which I always thought, where in the world did they get that scenario? <laughs> but in some ways, we do a lot of the same things. How often is it that we decide how much we can give to God after we paid our bills? And what do we have left? That's what we'll do, right? Um, but is that really being dependent upon him? Do you know what group gives the, most per, the largest percentage of their money away? Mormons. <laughs> this is more of an economic group. The poor. Do you know that the poor give away a larger percent of their income than the wealthy? Now, that makes no sense, does it? You would think they, would, they shouldn't have to give away a lot. Why in the world are they giving away so much? And the reason why is that they already know who they're dependent on, you know, because they live day to day. I mean, you know, if God didn't get them by, they aren't going to get very far. So, you know, giving to God isn't a hard thing for them. It's the wealthy who have the Mercedes and the car insurance that goes with the Mercedes and have the big houses and the electric and gas bills that go with big houses you know, and all those kinds of things that come with the bills that come with them, those people are going, well, gee, if I, if I really did that, if I gave that much, then I wouldn't be able to pay for these things. What would I do? And so they give less. You simply cannot serve God and wealth. So what's the solution? Well, the solution is something that you know already, um, but it's gotten such bad press that so many people just turn off the minute you say it. So all I ask you to do is get through the word and keep listening. The solution is tithing. Now, the reason tithing, giving 10% of, of what you have to God, is the solution. Now, the reason why that's gotten such bad press, I have to tell you, is that for too long, 
The church has used that as a fundraiser, which they're going to answer for. Because God did not say, you have to give 10% to the church so that your pastor can live better. You know, there he never said that at all. In fact, what he said is, you need to give away 10% to my work in the world, whatever that may be. It may be in the church. It might not be. I know a lot of people who give money to cancer research, to hospitals, uh, to universities that they believe are actually doing God's work. I know people who help family members who really just aren't able to help themselves because they believe God truly wants them to do that. And that's a good thing if that's what God calls them to do. That's what they should do with it. Um, The real issue is not where you give it. The issue is, do you? Because why did God pick 10%? Is it because he needed that much? You know, if God got 10% of everybody's money, would he be better off? Not really. He didn't even have a bank. Um, What would he do with it? God doesn't need the money. But he knows that we can become enslaved to money. And so what he says is, take the first 10%, and give it away to my work in the world because then your wealth will not enslave you because you will realize that the rest of it is also mine. Now, here's the amazing thing about it. A lot of people think that 10% is the maximum amount you have to give, but actually it's the minimum. (laughs) It's the starting point where you give because even in scriptures, it talks about tithes and offerings. It doesn't say tithes or offerings, by the way. It says tithes and offerings. Offerings are above 10% that he talks about giving. And he does that intentionally. Because in truth, ultimately, what do you have to give him? Everything. You remember the story of the rich young man? He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, And Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. And he said, you know, honor your father and mother, all those. And he says, well, I've done all of those since my youth. And it says Jesus loved him. And it says he looks at him and says, you only lack one thing. Now, don't you wish Jesus would tell you that you only lack one thing? I know I do. (laughs) He tells me, you lack a whole bunch of things. Let's get started on one of them, but it's going to take a while. But this guy only lacked one thing. He said, go sell all of your possessions and give it to the poor and come and follow me. What happened to the young man? Went away very sad. He couldn't do that. And I wonder how many of us would be like that if Jesus showed up. And said, sell, you know, cash in your 401k, give it all to the poor, sell your house, give the proceeds to the poor, sell everything you got, your car, you know, all those extra furniture, everything. Just get rid of it, bring the clothes you got, and come follow me. We would go, uh, and we might go away very sad too. And that would be very sad, wouldn't it, if, if our wealth had come to possess us instead of we possessing it. And yet that's what happens. 